to another episode of Merlo and Me. I'm your host, Linda Kamau, and today I have a new guest, Asande. Hello, my name is Asande and I'm Linda's friend. I am all over in the East. I am in Vancouver, just chilling. Okay. Yeah, so Asande and I went to school together at some point, and now she's in Vancouver. Now I'm in New York, and actually I haven't seen each other in a long while, like we're bordering to like maybe three years now I don't know <laughs> but it's nice to see you virtually so it's another virtual episode yeah and I thought I would I would have a Sunday on for this episode because this topic is something we've spoken about so many times in the past and we have similar ideas around it and <laughs> it would just be interesting to talk to her about this so we'll talk about fat phobia and the reason I chose this is because I personally identify as a plus size woman and that was not something that I was ready to admit to for a very long time because I guess I felt like I was at the borderline and I could squeeze <laughs> I could squeeze fast <laughs> I could squeeze into a large and say oh no I'm not plus size I'm just large you know just regular but you know I, I had to overcome the shame and the fear and the self-hate associated with it and that's really just fat phobia and yeah that word really traumatized me for a huge chunk of my childhood and young adult life <laughs> and it still does sometimes but I'm, I'm getting over it I think I think I am but yeah does that does that word bother you as well? Mm, I think it depends because saying I'm fat I'm like especially because yeah being here I gained weight I'm like oh yeah I'm fat and that's cool. But I guess when someone else uses it and they try to weaponize it, then maybe that might be offensive. But admitting yeah. that I'm fat, I'm like, ah, no worries. You see, yeah, but was, it, wait, was, it, was that always the case or did it change recently? Or as you grew up, it changed? Oh, yeah, that was never always the case. Um, yeah, my whole life, if I, if I even gained a kg of like water weight, I would... I would have really bad breakdowns and I would starve myself for the next week or so. But mm. now it's sort of like, you know what? This is my body. It's just, it, it, the body is, the, the, the way I saw it is that, um, and it also, also anytime I'd complain about being fat, my mom would tell me, you know, so long as you're eating right and you're exercising every day, if you're fat, then you're fat. Your, your body is more than what it looks like or how you perceive it to be. It's, it's, it's like, it's what it can do to you. It has a functional thing. So mm -hmm. yeah, now yes. slowly, 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 I, I changed my outlook, but before it was never like that. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. But actually, before we get into that, we have to introduce the wine of the episode. And this week we chose something that was close enough to the topic and it's called Skinny Girl Wine. I find it so ironic that they would even call wine. <laughs> they would have such a provocative name for, for a bottle of wine. Like it's it's so triggering, I guess, if you're someone who has a history of not liking your body. Like what is the message behind this bottle? But yeah, it's a Pinot Grigio. And I chose it because the brand basically advertises low calorie wine. And each serving, which is like five fluid ounces, should have only 100 calories. And it says that on the bottle. So what does 100 calories taste like? Let's find out. <laughs> I'm going to open it. It's a twist off, so there's not going to be the cork, but you can still enjoy it. I've never bought wine with a cork. I'm not that fancy. 
Boy, that's not a fancy thing. <laughs> that's fancy. Why do the cork definitely has to be more than $25? That's so much fancy. I buy wine for like $6, $10, and they have corks. Okay. What wine is $6? You kidding? cheap, but I've never seen a wine for $6. Maybe in America. I've seen, I've seen wine for $4. If you go what? to Trader Joe's, they have some really cheap wine, like $3.99. They really do have affordable wine in Trader Joe's. Shout out to them for making wine affordable. But yeah, this wine was actually $14. So it's not, it's not expensive, but it's it's not $7 for a bottle. So yeah, it's not Trader Joe's wine. Actually, I had to go to like three different stores to find it because I guess it's not that popular anymore. But I used to see it a lot in my previous housing situation <laughs> so I went to yeah I went to I went to a liquor store where my in my old neighborhood and then that's where I found it and I couldn't find the red wine so they only had the Pinot Grigio so I was like okay I'll take this one it's fine it's cool <laughs> now I was gonna ask do you guys have liquor stores like because you have blocks right which is a yeah. neighborhood so mm-hmm. do you have liquor store near every block in New York or does it depend where you are no oh, yeah there's so many like every three or so like in this area where I live right now I think I've seen like four liquor stores <laughs> in this area mm-hmm. alone and they're all within like walking not even walking like even less than walking distance like a five minute walk and there's a liquor store in all directions <laughs> that's how many they that's how that's the power of alcohol that's what it is it's all within stretching distance <laughs> well yeah this is pretty sweet kind of crispy very I, I cooled it a little bit but not enough so it's not so cold but I like it it's not bad yeah what are you drinking a Sunday? white coal the natural yeah. lime flavor <laughs> are you are you a fan of wine in general or do you just prefer white claws I'm a fan of alcohol in general um, I like to... <laughs> no but I don't always drink I like to try different flavors I like um yeah I like the taste of whiskey and this white clay is slightly bitter. So I think white, white clay is just a convenient drink. But there are definitely others that I think I would prefer more. Mm. Do you have like ciders as well? Have you ever had a cider? It's, I think it, it makes me so gassy. <laughs> Maybe that's how I, f- I would feel about white, white claw or like even about beer because they're so like, I don't, I don't want to say fizzy, <laughs> but that's what I'm thinking. Like there's gas in there. And I don't even like sparkling wine. Like that's the reason I don't drink like sparkling white wine or sparkling red wine because mm-hmm. I get too gassy and I don't like burping and farting. Oh, if I, <laughs> if I don't, I'm a lady, you know. Actually, yeah, that's the other thing. The slogan for this company was "Drink like a lady," and I was like, "Come on, <laughs> what do you mean, drink like a lady?" So it's all about marketing. So I yeah. guess uh, I'm pretty sure they have a core audience. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so just a fun fact about wine before we actually get into the whole fat phobia thing is that this, well, Pinot Grigio actually is a strange sort of grape because it's white, it it makes white wine, but the skin of the grape is actually rose colored. It's not green or yellow like most grapes that are used for white wine. And the reason that the wine doesn't come out you know red is because they don't they peel off the skin before you before they actually make the wine so that's a fun little fact yeah so this brand 
advertises that each serving of wine is going to have 100 calories. But do you know how many calories are in a regular glass of wine? 123. Okay, yeah. So the average in a glass of red wine is 125. And the average <laughs> in a glass of white wine is 120. But you know that because I told you that. <laughs> You're cheating. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, what is, how much are you really gaining from taking away 20 calories or 25 calories? Do you, do you really see a benefit in that? Only if you're drinking like more than three, three servings, because then that would be like minus 60. And then if you go to five, that would be minus 100. So you could have, so if, if, you, if you plan to drink a lot, but if it's just one glass of wine a day, or like maybe not a day, but like every other day or two glasses of wine, mm-hmm. it shouldn't matter, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it would matter to me, honestly, but I guess we're not the target audience for this brand of wine. You know, it's for skinny girls and they are very health conscious and they want to have a wine that allows you to drink as much as you want without having too many calories. Although I don't think that 20 calories is the biggest difference. I'm yeah. sure you can find a wine out there that has significantly less. Like I Googled it earlier and I saw the lowest calorie wine was like 69 calories per serving which is i don't even know what that would taste like at this point <laughs> just it's just water <laughs> it's just pure water no like the the grapes were in there for like five seconds and that was it but yeah so as we get into this i uh, just want to put a quick disclaimer to say that we are not nutritionists or dietitians or doctors of any kind we're not promoting having unhealthy lives or we're not and we're also not telling people how to eat or what a proper diet is we're just here to discuss the phenomena of fat phobia and how and the impact it's had on our lives and the lives of the people around us so yeah I mean Sandy do you remember (laughs) from our last conversation what fat phobia is described as or defined as The the fear of fat of being fat right yeah yeah it's a, it's a fear of fatness and fat people so yeah and that encompasses so many things it could be well yeah weight bias weight stigma and just the idea of people who are bigger as being lazy unintelligent or even disgusting i know it's it's pretty heavy and that can lead to so much discrimination to to those people who might be bigger boned or thick or whatever you want to call it (laughs) yeah so we're talking about how the word fat has has bothered us in the past (laughs) and you asked me what my experience was um you know I think I, I, I started to tell you this the last time but basically when I was a kid I was not so conscious of my weight until a little bit until I was a bit older like I want to say maybe 11 is when I was like actually aware and I noticed that people were noticing but nobody ever said anything okay only my mom said something to me (laughs) but that's that's just the way you know moms talk but I thought that my weight was a secret and you know I was really undercover trying to (laughs) trying to hide (laughs) to be very discreet about my excesses and I thought that I was just really good at hiding it and that's why no one ever said anything but whenever someone did notice or someone made a comment, oh my God, that word would just like, it was like stabbing me in the face. Like it hurt. I don't know why. Like 
I feel like someone could call me stupid or they could call me ugly or they could call me whatever disrespectful word there was. But when someone said fat, I would just lose my shit and I would cry or whatever it is that was happening at that moment. Yeah. Did you, because you said you were a kid and when people would call you this, yeah, it would hurt you. So yeah. do you think it's because of the, the representation you've seen of fat people mm-hmm. or, or, or it's the way they were saying it? Like they were saying it as a, as an insult yeah because when you really think about it like what's the word like is the word really it's three letters <laughs> the actual meaning of the word fat is just like referring to like fucking cells yeah it's not really mm-hmm. it's, it's been like modified to be used as a description or as an insult so it was just the the idea again with fat phobia like it was so ingrained in society that if someone was called fat there was this association that you're lazy that you're you know not good even almost evil (laughs) and just a bad person or just like an unmotivated person not a good worker not a good like friend to have like a bad influence there was so many negative things associated with being fat and I'll even take it as far as to have like to cartoons you know how the evil villain is always shown with like a cabelli or like the bully is always a bit bigger than the regular kids like they they always do that so those images stick in your head and so when that word is thrown at you all of those things combined <laughs> just flare up in your brain you're like oh shit man this is like the worst thing someone could call me <laughs> must be just like the bottom of the barrel that's what i am right now and yeah it really affected my self esteem for a long time but yeah like how how did you reclaim the word because now you said you use it casually and you don't it doesn't bother you yeah but you know first of all when you're telling a story about how like your association with fat and something negative when we're younger like started Mm -hmm. I remember actually my the first time I had fat I think was was when I was a kid and I was a little bit just chubby in general but it was never used as an insult in fact it it was a positive thing you know Mm -hmm. and because there was this idea that like a chubby kid a a healthy you know a chubby kid is a healthy kid and it shows that they come from a household that loves them it shows that the kid has an appetite like it actually reflected positively on the parents and I guess this is from like an African scent so it was never an insult and then even when I was chubby it was always like oh yeah you have baby fat it's going to fall off right yeah so it was it was never Mm-hmm. yeah it was never a negative thing but I guess maybe the negative thing maybe started that you know the more western media I consumed and, and the older I grew and the fat wasn't falling off then maybe that was like a <gasps> mm-hmm. yeah yeah so initially it was never anything negative it was just like I'm fat it's so, like it's never affected my life never affected my health anyway yeah because that's, that's so, what I was saying because mm-hmm. like when I was younger I didn't I don't think I was conscious of being fat because it never even crossed my mind as something that someone could be like I didn't think about the word at all until I got a little bit older and then I started consuming a lot of media and I was like okay this is a bad thing people don't like being fat like all the girls are like oh my thighs are so big my butt is too big (laughs) how the tables have turned (laughs) but and it's mostly western media because i remember watching white chicks because we had dvds so i would watch white chicks over and over and she was in the um changing room and she was like am i fat and then she started like poking at her fat over and over and honestly like 
she wasn't even she she was skinny even back then she was a really right? skinny girl yeah, yeah. Like, and i remember <laughs> seeing like, like size zero people like people people who are literally a size zero in movies being like i have a fat ass and i, I never got that and mm. like i was always so perplexed but somehow that like entered inside of me like you know all those like talks negative seeds were planted and slowly Mm -hmm. by slowly it started to change oh but you asked how I reclaimed it yeah I think I I don't know because because I think the way I I perceive myself it's 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 more of logic like I think I'm a very like rational and like logical person so it was more so of like I, I look at other fat people and I don't think they're ugly and I don't think they're disgusting. And I know fat people mm. who are amazing at just, just at so many different things, even including athletics and even myself at all my sizes. I am an extremely active person. So there was that. And then also it's like beauty, you know, I, I think having only one standard of beauty is such a boring, it's, it's such a boring thing. Right. So I was yeah. like, you, you know, and, 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 and even, even when I was, no matter how much I think I tried to starve myself and exercise, like I never really lost weight. So I also had to kind of acknowledge like maybe it's also like my body and like looking at the environment I grew up in and looking at, you know, women in my family. I'm like, these are people who honestly, like even growing up, we, we, we didn't eat that much junk food, you know, mm-hmm. just because, you know, African food was like, most people ate that. So, so it was like, maybe this is like my natural body and, and all of those things. And, and, and I think I'm pretty and I feel good. And, and if I should lose weight or try and change myself, it should be for a, for a reason other than what, exactly. how people perceive. Cause it's like, I exist in this body 24 seven versus yeah. one person is seeing me for five. Like, why should I care about your opinion? Exactly. You know? Like so, so limited. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think also just being here and being by, not, not being by myself, but I'm in a different part of the world and it's yeah. a very isolated. So it's, you kind of set your priorities straight. And, and, and also a sad thing. I remember um, I never wore like tank tops or like certain things just because I was insecure. Oh yeah. That's, and- I was going to get to that too. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say like, what are the things that, what are the outfits and like fashion items that you've sort of restricted yourself from wearing because <laughs> Mm-hmm. of that consciousness of your weight or your appearance I think it was mostly like a tank top and the other day mm. one time it was so hot and I wore it and then I realized like no one cares like no one ca- and then also if they do how weird is that I'm just existing minding my own business right? walking, and yeah. then you care about me that's like what's wrong with you it's so silly yeah yeah I used to feel the same way like anything that didn't have sleeves oh my god hey i hated it i hated it so much i used to own so many cardigans for that specific purpose of covering my arms the kenya is so hot hot. (laughs) (laughs) it's so hot and i was there forcing issues to wear a cardigan every time every time every time and it's just something that really bothered me for a long time but what's funny is that like like you were talking about how like the history like the way you look back at the women in your family and you're like yeah everyone's a little bigger like my mom is also like a little bigger but she wasn't always like I look back mm-hmm. at like some of her old photos and oh my god she looks like first of all she looks so much taller I don't even know what that's about like when you're thin you look tall I don't know where that, <laughs> how that happens but she really looked like she could have been like five 
eight or something but she's really my height like we're, we're like five two <laughs> she's not five eight she's definitely or maybe she shrunk over the years i don't know but yeah as you get older you shrink <laughs> yeah but yeah these are pictures of her like in her 20s and i always like as i got older i was like damn man <laughs> i've reached my 20s <laughs> <And> this is it <laughs> this is it <laughs> like before when she was comparing me I was a kid so the the comparison wasn't valid but now that I'm an adult it's like okay yeah this is a this is a valid comparison <laughs> like when she says you're eating those burgers it's like yeah I really am eating those burgers like, sometimes it's on me but like for the most part like you shouldn't have to disc- that you shouldn't have to avoid wearing certain clothes yeah saying I really like how in the U.S. like you have people of all shapes and sizes and they'll wear whatever the fuck they feel like wearing, especially in the summer. Like right now, it's so hot. You'll find like all sizes, all shapes of people in the itty bitty shorts and even like all genders of people, by the way. I love seeing like men also dressing however the fuck they feel like, expressing themselves the way they want to. And it's so like encouraging. But then I also I also wonder if it's like, me being like like comparing myself like oh at least I'm not that bad and I and I hate that that's what I don't want I don't want it to become oh, like, like at least you're not as big as them or no like if they can do it then I can definitely like I don't want it to be about that it should be like I want to do it somewhere do it anyways not I've seen yeah. someone doing it who was bigger than me so I should feel like safe or comfortable enough to do it no but you know I, I get what you're saying but representation actually matters like it's so easy to say well I'm gonna do whatever I want because you know and come up with all of these things but when you don't have that representation mm-hmm. it can be so scary and and also another thing I think you may ask me how I started to become more positive and I told you yes logic but yeah. also it's like I'm not really someone who's on social media but like I was started seeing more like plus size women just wearing do you know yeah. what I told you I would see more, more classes women wearing different things mm-hmm. and I never looked at it like oh I'm so inspired it was just like oh she's doing that and I think as the as the representation increased it was more of like that's what I said it was more of a logical thing like they're doing it they look great and who am I to, to you know to judge someone so like yeah I feel like maybe if you're in a place where you know everyone was like a smaller size and there are very few bigger people I could totally see how like difficult it would be and and I commend anyone who lives mm-hmm. in an env- environment where they're such an outlier but they're like you know what I'm gonna do me yeah that's well yeah like on the topic mm-hmm. of like that discrimination have you ever been like restricted from taking part in an activity or restricted yourself from doing something purely because of the way you your body is I will say although I have been big or bigger my whole life maybe I have wasn't considered like plus size or ever in in, in the point okay or I was plus, I don't know how how to say this like in a weird way but like um no I was never discriminated against I think and if I was, I mean, even now, like, are you discriminated against as an adult? Because I'm plus size. Yeah. Hmm. Like, have you ever... This is one thing you have to help me with because I, I think all those years of worrying about my body, although I'm aware of my weight, like on a scale, maybe I might not be aware of my size. And mm-hmm. I don't think I have been discriminated against. But then also, um, hmm. 
No, I, I don't think. The only one time I, I can think, I remember feeling like I was being discriminated against when I was trying out for sports, when I had just joined the school that we were in, and I felt like I wasn't given a fair chance. In my defense, I wasn't that great, but then also like I improved considerably so much, and I was like, why am I not being chosen? Like I'm improving, but then also I wasn't that great. So that's a point where maybe I could think that my size prevented me from doing something, but uh, I don't think so. I do have other stories, but I think maybe it might be more intersectional relating to maybe race primarily. Yeah, that's also- rather than size. What about you? Well, yeah, I mean, it's funny that you bring up like sports and stuff because I feel like sports is something that I pushed myself away from just because of my own internalized fat phobia at the time, like as, at least when I was younger anyways, because I used to swim like when I was a kid, like I used to competitively swim, but mm-hmm. I think when I got to middle school or something, <laughs> like I'm going to say like 12, maybe 13 years old, um, I was swimming. <laughs> Actually, I think I was like 11. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember what age it was, but yeah, some somewhere a little bit younger, like still before I knew you, I was swimming in a competition, like a swimming gala or whatever. <laughs> and I was like waiting to dive in. I had my, my arms up and everything. And I could hear people giggling. And I was like, oh my God, I must look so horrible. Like, oh shit, like this is like my stomach is out or whatever it was. And I just felt so self-conscious and I thought I can't do the sport because, you know, like half of it is people looking at your body. So (laughs) like that's not the right sport for someone who doesn't want people to look at her body, you know. So, yeah, that was something that I I really loved doing, but I restricted myself because I didn't like the attention it called to something that I was insecure about. And then just in general with other sports, like now even in high school and stuff, I just felt like the general assumption was like you can't do it anyways like you can try like we'll make you run laps because everyone's supposed to run laps but we don't think you can really run these laps you're not gonna (laughs) keep up with the other guys and that was the attitude that a lot of the teachers had in that school (laughs) that we're not naming but yeah and I think that's just the attitude a lot of like gym teachers PE teachers in general have it's like yeah yeah, the the fit kids are the ones who'll be the athletes everyone else uh, we'll make them do it but we we're not so invested in how well they do it or whether they're enjoying it at all so yeah I just always I started to associate fitness and like physical activity with just torture <laughs> and comfort <laughs> and, and discomfort and I was like yeah I don't like doing this thing and completely cut it off which sucks because now I'm like maybe I would have really liked sports. <laughs> Did I miss out on something fun because I was scared and I was worried about judgment? Like that that really sucks. Yeah, it does. Actually, well, yeah, two things when you're talking came up. First of all, to revise my answer, you said, yeah. have I ever been discriminated against in, in anything? And yeah. maybe not, maybe, yeah, like, like also the same thing with, with the swimming thing. I was never a good swimmer. Mm-hmm. Loved swimming, loved swimming so much though, loved it. But then as I grew older, I would, I guess I, like, much like you, like I excluded myself from things. But, but, but maybe also my insecurity was, was kind of valid because definitely kids laughing and all that. Like that, that, that's a, it's one of those traumatic experiences whereby I feel like in the moment, you're just mm-hmm. like, ah, it hurts a little bit. But then the older you get, it becomes one of those m- memories that you play and repeat and kind of like guide all your 
insecure decisions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is that being the main character? Like they bullied me. I have to stay away from them. But like, you know, yeah, yeah, you're only yeah. hurting yourself when you when you make those kinds of choices. So like looking back, I wish I could go back to. 11 year old Linda and Blake girl I will continue swimming like first of all if you kept swimming you would have been fit <laughs> probably would be smaller than I am right now but yeah also swimming was for me like I really just genuinely liked swimming and I still do it's so fun it's such a fun thing to do and I and I suck it sucks that I can't do that here because New York where are the pools excuse me <laughs> New York City where the fuck are the pools i've never seen a single yeah. like i've seen the indoor ones but i like swimming outside like what the fuck but i find that so weird because many like um bigger people have complained about how they're always excluded from sports which i find to be because like if, if if fat phobia right shouldn't yeah. it should it be encouraging people to be to exercise more like why yeah. are you making bigger people like you know like a lot of bigger people have talked about how they feel so insecure like going to the gym and like you said for you in sports and for me in swimming but if anything shouldn't those teachers even be encouraging us to want to participate or to find something that works for us right so it yeah. just it just doesn't make sense like a hundred percent like I've been to gyms where like you walk in and people start looking at you like hmm, are you in the wrong place the Dunkin Donuts is next door girl and I'm like do it <laughs> what is this like why and I get it you know maybe the most regular gym goers are going to be really athletic people maybe they're training for a marathon or whatever so they go every day that makes sense but at the end of the day the people if anyone regardless of your size or your shape or whatever like if anyone is at a gym it's for the purpose of working out so why am I being judged because I have more work to do like come on yeah. like if anything you should be cheering me because that's a, that's a loyal customer right there like I have a lot of I have a lot to gain from this situation so why wouldn't you want me to stick around why would you make it so uncomfortable that I want to leave right it's so messed up it's like they shame you for being overweight and then they'll be the same ones trying to stop you or giving you like unsolicited advice to to lose weight when you didn't even ask for it like do you ever get that like have you ever been like in a cab or at a shop and then they're like mm, okay, you're so pretty but if you had lost five kgs one you would look so much better like who the fuck are you oh my god <laughs> why are you telling me this <laughs> fortunately enough I, I don't think i have experienced that but there's only one funny it's, it's i don't think it's really support phobia but i remember one time i was climbing mm-hmm. this mountain it was a mountain but it's like an extreme hill and it's supposed to take 30 to one and a half hours depending on how fit you are to climb it and this guy saw me like (gasps) panting and he was like how long he was like how long have you been doing this and I said since a certain time like since 12 and it was like 4 p.m so it took me four hours (laughs) so it's not related to like fat phobia but I was just like there was some judgment right there yeah surprisingly he was okay he wasn't judgmental in a negative way but it was more of like oh yeah like oh yeah she's really trying yeah but yeah there's that there's that idea I feel like again back to the whole fitness thing there's like an idea that when a fat person or overweight person is trying to lose weight like they'll never do it so people pity them like oh she really thinks she's gonna make a difference it's never gonna happen for her and I'm like what do you want (laughs) society what is the issue you know yeah yeah it's fun it's good that you brought up like the whole discrimination like in a in terms of like racial stuff because 
I think with like medical discrimination, yeah. we have like the the short stick on both ends because <laughs> we're we're both black women and then we're also like plus size women and have you ever felt like medical discrimination when you went to a doctor's office for whatever type of visit? Fortunately enough, I, I haven't. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think maybe it's just different cultures because I think in the US, everything is maybe racism is everywhere, but in the US, it may be worse. And then also mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't really go to the hospital that much. That's true. <laughs> so, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's not like I, I, I frequent. So like I, go there every thursday that's not my thing <laughs> it's just that in the times that i have been there okay this is going to be a very intimate story but i i do think it's worth sharing because you know black women are predisposed to getting fibroids you know mm-hmm. like the statistic says like roughly three times as many black women would get fibroids than one white woman you know and they usually happen early in your life so like in your 20s sometimes even as a teenager and of course they grow sometimes they, like sometimes like black women will get like really large fibroids and they'll experience like really severe bleeding and pain around their period and all that stuff and something similar to that happened to me and at the time I did not know what the fuck a fibroid was <laughs> for the, all the listeners who have no idea what a fibroid is you're not alone I didn't know until I was diagnosed with it and they're basically non-cancerous tumors that grow in your uterus so sometimes it can be like along the the lining of the uterus sometimes it's like within the walls of the uterus and sometimes it's like um like closer to the cervix I don't know those three types of fibroids I can't remember what the three names were but mm-hmm. basically I had a, like a tiny little fibroid and when I went to the hospital you know I was experiencing a lot of pain like I had a period for like I don't know, 14 days. And I'm like, yo, I'm dying. Like, This is it. I'm not supposed to be bleeding this long. What the fuck is going on? And they did an ultrasound and like a sonogram. And they're like, oh yeah, it's just a fibroid. I'm like, what the fuck is a fibroid? It's just a tumor. And I'm like, why would you say it so casually? Like I'm freaking the fuck out. I've been bleeding for two weeks and you guys are treating me like this is the most casual thing. And I don't yeah. want to say that if like, maybe, maybe it's something I'm supposed to know. But I'm sorry, even if I don't know that when you cut your leg, it bleeds, like any doctor should have the respect to not treat an illness or whatever it is as like some nonchalant activity just because mm-hmm. it's regular in women like me. I didn't even know that at the time. So I'm like, well, how can you just throw the word tumor into a sentence <laughs> so casually? But may I hear tumor? I think cancer. I'm, like, I'm dying. Yo, let me call my mom. Like I was really freaking out. And she was like, oh, no, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Like, People get them all the time. It'll probably won't even grow. And I'm like, they can grow? Like, what the fuck? Like, she was not seeing the stress in my face. She was acting like this is something so casual. And I guess, yeah, they're pretty common. Like you said, three times as likely for Black women to get fibroids, but especially when they're overweight. And I was like, this is not something I knew. And you're also not taking the time to tell me about this situation properly. And that made me feel like, they just assume because you're black like you're always gonna get one and you shouldn't and because you're black and you're fat like yeah you're probably gonna get one you should have known you would get one it's your fault for having one like I'm not gonna sit here and explain it to you in a nice tone I'm just gonna throw information at you and tell you to leave like it was so like I had to go home and research a lot and then later on get 
a visit with another gynecologist because this lady was just not giving me any information and I was really scared but yeah that was um, that was like the one instance where I was like this is really this is like serious medical discrimination you know mm-hmm. like I'm lucky yeah. that I like treated for it because there's really no treatment unless they're really big then you'd have to get a surgery to remove them but because it was small they were like yeah it's probably not gonna grow but at the same time I'm a patient and I'm scared <laughs> fuck <laughs> if I had a tumor yeah. in my brain would you act as casual I don't think so <laughs> so you need to tell me nicely right yeah no doctors I think doctors get a lot of praise and I understand maybe getting in and all that things might be difficult mm-hmm. but you know like the more you read about like stories with maybe fat patients or with black patients and with this other minorities particularly from the U.S. but I'm yeah. pretty sure this is true like globally they have such poor I don't want to say bedside manners but they're just like a reflection of society so and, and and honestly, a doctor, even though you're a human being, at the end of the day, your job is to treat sick people. So yeah. she should have been more like cautious and been able to recognize that for her, it might be her 10,000th time seeing yeah. someone who has fibroids. But for you, this is your first time. Exactly. So you should treat it as that. And maybe I can understand if like the first time she said it, she assumed that I, it's probably something that I already knew. Maybe she's mm-hmm. been there for years or whatever, but after she saw the alarm on my face <laughs> and the, the fear and the shock, like that's when you, you're supposed to change your tone as any person who deals with any type of customer or client or patient or whatever fucking industry you work in. Like those are things, like you see someone is shocked or scared, like you're supposed to change your tone. But I think that's when I think that the racial element of that's it what- comes into play because like, you know, then it's like maybe they just assume that my fear is not as valid as a regular person's fear. I don't know. But yeah, these those were things that really made me uncomfortable. And I think just the fact that it was a combination of my race and my weight, I felt very helpless and like, oh shit, what the fuck do I do? <laughs> yeah, medical fat phobia, I've been reading more about it and um, I don't have my facts now. Last time I had facts, but I think I had performance anxiety because I was thinking of it like, <laughs> like school and they have to do a project. No, but no. yeah, medical fat phobia, I think it's it's rampant and it's a it's, it's a really big issue. And and I think for anyone who doesn't understand what fat phobia is, and I'm pretty sure there are a lot of people, yeah. if you read about it from a medical point of view, mm-hmm. it, it's fat phobia has actually cost a lot of um, fat people their lives or has made their lives way more difficult. Or maybe by the time you receive an accurate diagnosis, it's just, you know, like costs depending on where you are. Exactly. So yeah that sucks yeah it really does suck (laughs) on to another even suckier subject is what about romance you know (laughs) how has fat phobia played a role as like a buffer in your own romantic relationships like Mm -hmm. have you actually yeah has it ever been a buffer has it ever been a problem for you um i think for me the fat phobia it was definitely more in- internalized, mm-hmm. especially like as a kid. And I- I'm not sure about you, but with-, with being fat, because you taught it so bad, I was always waiting for when I lose weight, then I can. Oh when I do this, then I can. So maybe yeah. oh I never God. even put myself in a situation where I could get into something romantic because, you know, and-, and-, and I think the one time maybe I was in something slightly romantic, I was 
very insecure and it's all stemmed from my mm-hmm. my weight which is truly sad to say so it was definitely internalized and projected and I, I never even let any doors open just because I was so petrified no oh, I get you know? that 100% like I used to be that person who I'll keep a pair of jeans and like one day when I lose weight I'll be able to put back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like no no you're not gonna fit into those jeans and even if you do you're not gonna want to wear them because you've had them for five years throw those <laughs> jeans away <laughs> please donate those jeans but yeah yeah when it comes to romance I think there's definitely a lot of like internalized self-hate and all that and I think another thing that <laughs> I guess a lot of overweight ladies might relate to is this thing of like secret or discreet relationships. And I think this was so popular, like in high school age, maybe even in college, but maybe not so much in college because people are a bit more mature then. But like that high school, middle school age, people are so shallow. <laughs> Kids are shallow. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you want to be with the prettiest girl in school. You want to be with like the fittest guy in school, whatever. That's the, the mentality a lot of people have. So when they do find themselves like attracted to someone who is fat or or who is not as pretty as whatever they'll attempt to have these secret and discreet relationships like and i've when i've witnessed this stuff like a guy will really convince you that it's best to have your your relationship be private that you know he doesn't want people in your business and then they'll say whatever <laughs> they'll spin whatever web of lies they need to spin to convince you that this is your decision man you'll even walk out of it saying yeah man I like I like my privacy I don't like people knowing my shit but really it's like yo this guy is actually ashamed to be seen with you and he's teaching you to be ashamed of your own romantic relationships because and you'll internalize that you know you'll, you'll think that oh yeah because of the way that I look I'm not allowed to hold hands in public like I'm not allowed to be kissed on the, on the train or in the bus or whatever the fuck people kiss these days <laughs> but yeah that, that stuff gets internalized and I think that was something that I, I definitely witnessed a lot with myself and with a lot of my friends who happened to be overweight at the time that is so that into but it does um I was listening to this podcast by Nicole Byer and she had this comedian on and he was talking about how he was dating this bigger girl and he really liked her. It was an amazing relationship. And I think one time when they were out, they were walking, um, his friend made a comment and he was like, oh, look at you and the giant peach. Because she was oh, at the time. Oh, and he said, not a peach. <laughs> he said it was because of that comment that yeah. he he was reluctant to date bigger women. You should listen yeah. to the podcast. But it was kind of like, you liked this woman she liked you exactly you had a good thing going on and so why do you care about people's opinions you know it it, 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 would be one thing if the weight was maybe interfering with his lifestyle and the way maybe if if it was a more active person or something but I'm like nothing was into like you were happy she was happy and you broke this off just because of someone else's perception Mm -hmm. so that's I yeah, guess like you were attracted to her before. <laughs> you, you yeah. Another like someone said something you're like, "Oh man, she's not that cute." Like, what? What do you mean? Like, what has changed? Yeah, it's so it's not kind of like a, it's almost like this fat phobia. It's, it's a learned thing. It's not an you it's know not natural. It, yeah, it's not something. Yeah, you're with, for sure. Yeah, it, 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 I think it, for the most part, it definitely is a learned thing. So hopefully, mm-hmm. it can be unlearned, but. I hope so. Like, I, I really hope so. But yeah, I was going to say, what about like sexually though? 
because that also plays a plays a role in it as well and I feel like that's that's when you turn back to the whole self-inflicted fat phobia <laughs> it's not really so much because if someone if you guys are in a bedroom together <laughs> they know what you look like there's no secret yeah, yeah. it's not it's not you hiding at you wearing high waist pants to hide do what like it's not yeah. that's not that's not the problem anymore like at that point if you're feeling like there's a problem it's really just you have you have you ever felt like limited or like afraid to sort of pursue a situation sexually just because of some internalized fat phobia or was your personal battle with it already over by the time you became sexually active <laughs> okay um <laughs> tell me unfortunately yeah <laughs> unfortunately i think this this might be a conversation i'd definitely be willing to have just because mm-hmm. i've been in uni and my i had a, some intense struggles with my mental health and with my education my sexual experiences were extremely limited so mm-hmm. hopefully after i graduate and after december i can give you more stories oh, yeah. <laughs> and we'll, i'll have more stories we'll have oh. you back for season two yeah, <laughs> yeah. episode will be on by then for sure for sure but definitely if you ever want to talk about mental health I'll yeah that's also <laughs> good that's definitely a good episode to have maybe we'll try to do that in this season something about what's about you have you ever been in a strictly yeah. sexual situation not romantic where yeah like in terms of actually like getting into the act i feel like i always had like a little bit of fear of being on top just because <laughs> this is so explicit i'm sorry mom <laughs> but yeah i had that fear of being on top because it was like yo <laughs> Yeah. like then they're like they're carrying you <laughs> oh my god oh my I'm god light. i'm a very heavy person yeah <laughs> you know it's, it's not 20 kgs like it's more it's a little more so yeah that was that was a point of fear and i would always avoid that position specifically because of that i don't even Because again, like you've seen, you've seen me at this point, you know, like what are we? Why? Yeah. <laughs> the human, I, I think the human body for the most part is very resilient. So yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I'd hope so. I'd hope so. But, you know, I, I was watching Grey's Anatomy and all that, and I've seen the craziest cases there. And again, this is just media getting into your head. So yeah, that's wow. what. The only reason anyone should ever be afraid to be on top is if you generally do not have stamina and can't do sports. That's the only reason. Honestly, yeah, because you, you you can get burnt out up there. <laughs> squats are tough. If you can't do a squat, then maybe that's good. And I feel like that's, that's, that doesn't depend on how big you are. There are a lot of skinny people who... actually that's what i was gonna get into next it's like this idea of like overweight always equals unhealthy i don't think that's personally true because i think you can be the skinniest person and be like ridiculously Uh unhealthy and not not like in the sense of being like anorexic but you just eat like tons of junk food and nothing no vegetables no fruits you're not active but you just happen to have like a high metabolism so you're slim yeah you know And then you can have the the opposite of that where someone is overweight but they're super active and they eat very well but they just have a big they have a high BMI that's just the facts. 
But you know, I, I think the, because again, yeah, I was reading some papers before and just the definition of what, what is overweight, I think it changes from country to country and places to places, right? So, so mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, they use, they use the BMI as a general distinction yeah. of that because you can but work I, the formula. But I think the, the BMI has been disproven and I, I, I don't, I haven't memorized that document as to why it was disproven, but it wasn't a proper like estimator. But, but, but to, this is why I'm saying that as what constitutes an overweight, because I remember um, in, in our school, we had an yeah. aerobics teacher. Do you remember him? Yeah, he looks like a big guy. And then I remember one he time he, so much hype. <laughs> he started he started doing Zumba and he was just doing Zumba and he was teaching us how to do the steps. Yeah. And I was and this was back, but I, I love Zumba, I love aerobics. Um I can follow along, but he was just like a beast. <laughs> And that's he it. Was, I was like, he was really fit, but that guy used he to was sweat. so fit. But yeah, but he was yeah. <laughs> and then, wow, yeah. Seeing different types of rugby players, or even American football players, yeah. or even um, I'm really into like short put and discus, and even the type of women who do that. These are yeah, all they're they're athletes bigger. who who exactly. would be considered to be fat. And I'm not talking about the athlete who, who is like maybe 5% fat or like mm. 1%. I'm talking about they have a, maybe maybe not a considerable amount of fat, but like, yeah. So mm-hmm. the, the idea that fat always equals unhealthy, I, I, I don't agree with that. But of course, maybe if, if, if you are 300 kgs and your height, then mm. I think automatically that, that, that would be, that yeah. would be unhealthy. <laughs> but yeah. then I think, I think the range, I think, because I think we, we've, even with fat phobia, for the most part, it's almost like, especially if you're a woman and if you're bigger than a size six, it's like automatically, like, like I, I was even looking at this model pages and they were like, oh, plus size models and still plus size model who's like a size 10. And I was like, is that what's overweight and plus size to you people? <laughs> That's <seems pretty laughs> average to me. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or even like a size 12. And I was like, is, is that what's, plus size to you I was like so mm-hmm. I was like what is overweight and remember people are like overweight is unhealthy I'm like are you are you classifying people who are normal sizes so it's, right. it's, it, it's insane and I like that you actually brought it back to clothing because I was going to talk about like how inclusive clothing stores are but they're really not that inclusive because whenever they do have plus size items it's still with that same idea that you'll have a flat stomach, you're just like slightly wider than a regular person. <laughs> and that's not true because fat lies in different places for every single person. Like sometimes it collects in your stomach, sometimes it collects in your yeah. arms, sometimes it's your thighs. Like sometimes it's all, all the places, <laughs> you know, you, it's not a one size fits all. And that's sort of like the generic thing that a lot of these brands do whenever they like, expand their, their, their range of sizes. And you'll find like a really cute outfit, like a nice, let's even say a dress, like a nice black dress, simple, simple thing will look so nice on the on the normal to medium, maybe even large size still looks good. But once you get to like 1X, 2X, 3X, it looks like a tent. Like there's no accounting for the way fabric lies on larger bodies. And that's just what's messed up for me. Yeah. Like do but, you do you struggle mm-hmm. to shop? Like where I don't say I don't want you to name the shops, but like 
do you have like a variety of places that you shop at or do you just shop at like the one store that you know has good stuff honestly i mostly used to shop at gap um mm-hmm. always telling not to name names but... yeah. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> you already did it so it's fine yeah you shop at gap cool and mo- i mostly used to shop there but now i realize i want to close with more style so i've been trying to um see more like different types of stores and mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah the sizes like do you actually do you do you thrift like and a shop for vintage because i find like i feel like thrifting is not inclusive it's not thrifting, it's not inclusive oh, Lord. Oh, because Lord. thank you for saying that. <laughs> i would yeah like because i think back in the day when when because you know like again fat phobia has been rampant but i think also in the 90s and as fast fashion fast fashion became more popular mm-hmm. it's like back then like it, being fat wasn't even you know like the idea of a fat woman loving them of a, of a, of a fat person loving themselves and being comfortable wasn't yeah. even like in, in people's accepted or like yeah. even some like rational idea so most of the clothes back then there were very few and if there were they were all tents like not even like the way you describe the black dress is more of like if you're a fat woman then take this tent and some flowers like pasted mm, on it it's like so get... whenever i go thrifting <laughs> yeah, it's always like <laughs> they're like you saw it you figured out like yeah so yeah no no, i I had a friend who really 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 loves to go thrifting really likes vintage clothes and of course new york is like the best place to do that there's so many thrift stores there's so many vintage clothes and all that stuff and you know she (laughs) she's like hey linda let's let's go shopping and i'm like okay (laughs) and as soon as we go into the store let me tell i would just go to the jewelry section or like maybe the hats or like the belts area because that's where they have like usually like you know things that they will fit anyone but like when it came to tops especially trousers like trousers is always my biggest issue because I guess my top half is not really as big as like my lower half but yeah finding trousers especially jeans or any it's any fitting like not not I, I want to say like non-fitting pants is an issue for me because everything becomes tight and that's not a phase that I'm into right now so I just struggled to find clothes like that so I was like yeah I guess even though right now it's really in to have baggy things baggy things don't want me they refused they said they don't want to be baggy they want to be tight yeah it was a serious issue I was like I I don't even it it made me not like shopping altogether because it was always just a uncomfortable experience I think yeah but with fat phobia could also be seen like apart from medically uh, definitely in fashion but Mm -hmm. I think we also had this discussion like these fashion designers they they aren't really designers for all they're only designers for like the few skinny people and 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 I think you you can't really call yourself a a great designer if you can only design for one body because we can remember how we're saying how clothes seem to only look good on skinny people but I think it's it's essentially what you said they they only designed it for one body they didn't think about how like you know when someone's body if you the it's more curves you have like what happens it lays in different areas no, but like my <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm angry like it actually pisses me yeah. off <laughs> it does yeah yeah my struggle is maybe it's not in terms of like the actual sizing but mm-hmm. i have broad shoulders and I think most women are expected to have narrow, like, narrow shoulders. Mm-hmm. So I always thought that was kind of weird how like, I was like, okay, that's, that's kind of weird because like my shoulders aren't that broad, but why is it that, you know, like it's only, for, yeah. So I think maybe if you're the type of person who 
if you're a woman and you have hips a yeah. little bit too big you'll struggle if you have broad shoulders if you have like bigger feet than usual I know finding shoes also will be an issue yeah <laughs> yeah even how even shoes sometimes they're too narrow and it's like okay yeah that's the thing like I've seen I've seen some places where they have like the wide shoe like they'll have like let's say you're six six like they'll have six regular and then they'll have six wide so if you happen to have like a wider foot then yeah and the but the height is still the height the length what, what do you measure the like the <laughs> the stretch of a foot <laughs> but yeah if that if that size is the same then they just have a wider version of it which is really good but that's not common not every store will have that you know it's just the same yeah. thing with with like trousers and stuff like they'll have the sizes waist-wise but the length is growing proportionally and i'm like bitch i'm not i'm not six feet tall like <laughs> we're going to have to do something about the height like i bought jeans i think it's always with jeans by the way this problem is always with <laughs> it's never with anything else that's why i don't even like jeans anymore i'm burning all these jeans but yeah i bought those jeans like in april and they're so nice they're like the mom jeans and I was like yes this is the look I've been looking for it's gonna be so cute and they're like that light wash denim I tried them on let me tell you my legs were swimming <laughs> they were swimming because I actually bought a bigger size because I knew that they were gonna be like tight on my ass and like my hip area so I was like I want it to be loose you know so it can look like mom jeans and not skinny jeans so that's what I bought but they ended up being like maybe a foot and a half too tall for me <laughs> that's a problem you can't walk around yeah because you're sure to fold yeah. it yeah no matter how many times i fold it like you need someone to actually cut them and sew them again because that's too long it's like ridiculously long but actually now that you say like okay so most of these clothes are it, it, it's fast fashion right mm. and i think like because we mostly order things online like there should be a solution whereby like for someone your height it's like some of your height and your size would like you know you're like you you you're blessed with, with hips and but the, 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 the reason why it's easy for me to find jeans is because i don't have hips so yay me <laughs> but but yeah like <laughs> but like i should be able to go on a website say i like that pair of jeans mm-hmm. and maybe just specify okay i'm two inches shorter than the normal person i yeah. have my my hips are two inches larger and yeah. they should be be able to oh, produce yeah. it at, at a like relatively quickly but yeah. why they don't there's some uh, stores that actually try to do that like i've seen like i'm wondering that's like, cool off the top of my head is like american outfitters because i bought jeans from them once like oh, two wow. years ago, and they had an option like whenever you pick the size you can pick tall or short okay so whether you're size 16 you can get 16 tall which would be like yeah you're fucking six foot tall or you're 16 short and then it'll be like the leg is lo- it's not as tall as the other jeans so that was nice but honestly quality wise it's fast fashion so those jeans lasted about a year oh. and I gave them away <laughs> or maybe <laughs> I gave them away I don't remember but yeah that that was the case for those jeans um so yeah the other thing I was going to ask you skinny shaming is as aggressive as fat shaming um I think any negative emotion someone has because of something is totally valid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think skinny shaming can hurt a person as much as fat shaming would. However, mm-hmm. I think with fat shaming, it's a more systematic issue. Like, like the sure. medical fat shaming, 
And even I think um, I was reading something about e e e even professional fat shaming, like with, with, with a fat person, like you say, being fat has certain negative things associated with it. Like maybe you're fat because you're lazy, because you're greedy and ETC. So mm. the stigma associated around being fat can cost someone more things just than their dignity the or or, or, or their self-esteem it could affect their health it mm -hmm. could affect it could affect their job prospects it yeah. could affect um just the ability to do other things so mm -hmm. yeah skin shaming is totally shaming of anyone is bad and skin shaming i know has affected a lot of people like really but i have some friends who have been affected really really badly and, and that's disgusting but um i don't think systematically it it's aggressive as fat shaming yeah definitely yeah yeah there's always gonna be that one layer where like being skinny still has some glamour associated with it just because of like high fashion and like models and all that stuff there'll always be that element of praise so mm -hmm. as long as that still exists I don't think like the aggressiveness of skinny shaming will ever reach the same level yeah. as fat shaming but, but I will say also um I think still in the vein of it being more of like a like skin shaming maybe in the African community and in the black the, I, I have haven't been to America but I what well, like I heard I could see online in the black American community mm. and in any other community that that that's beauty standards are more of like a woman should be more curvy I know it's it can be really like a, aggressive and can be really bad but yeah. again it, it it's mostly verbal but also like verbal abuse is is a you know like I've fallen down and I've gotten like hurt quite a bit. I don't remember, but like words can definitely last to the lifetime. So in oh, certain communities, yeah. I will say skin shaming is it's real atrocious. Yeah. It's atrocious and it's 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 magnified. But like we said, I I still don't think it will reach a point where it's a like even in an African community, I don't think you would be denied a job or maybe if you go to the doctor, unless you're maybe below us like extremely skinny, I don't think they would deny listening to your medical problems but definitely yeah. i think the fat person you would but yeah speak of beauty standards and how like things have changed in western media because like i guess when we were kids being like super thin was like wow like at least in western media not not necessarily where we grew up but mm -hmm. what we saw like when we saw like britney spears and christina Aguilar, they're all like very skinny women everyone was wearing the low-rise jeans like <laughs> with the they're making jeans. a comeback yeah, the belly piercing and the tramp stamp and all the stuff like that. Um, we, that's, I mean, they're coming back, but for the most part, like maybe the last five years, that hasn't been the case. You know, everyone wanted to be thick. Everyone wanted to have big ass. Everyone wanted to have big tits. Everyone wanted to be wholly a little bit bigger than <laughs> a skinny person. And mm. do you think that has changed the way that you see yourself? I still don't think I fit into the current standards of beauty, but I, I guess maybe it, it has helped mm -hmm. me. Um, let's see. Okay, that, okay. If if it was back in the year two thousand and I was surrounded by a bunch of skinny people, I definitely think I would have my my obsession with my weight would have continued to develop into a worse eating disorder than it was. So definitely. So maybe it being the way it is right now has helped me yeah uh, but the thing that makes me sad is like even with the low-rise jeans it's it's almost like they're accepting 
the acceptance we had towards bigger people was more of like a trend because like before it was in and then now as fashion shifts again back into yeah. the 2000s. And you know, like, I feel like the fashion, the fashion in the 2000s was meant for a specific, a specific type of body as, as the yeah. fashion shifts, the type of body we are desiring is also shifting. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, we'll we'll see how far accept how how accepting we actually were like what well, was it just a temporary thing or was yeah. this something that our kids would also know that now like fatness doesn't mean that's a, that's a really good point. yeah yeah i think it's adding to on to that i think for me just seeing that change mm-hmm. from like super skinny like fashion and that being the trend to sort of like thicker fuller lips fuller body whatever showed me just how frivolous media is <laughs> and how yes. things change and yeah. it made me and what it did for me was just see like this is not really that important because if that could phase out so fast this is also going to phase out so fast mm-hmm. I'm sure something else will come in in like the next two years and then again another thing and another thing so I shouldn't get too caught up in how whatever is trending right now applies to me because like if I if I go now and I get surgery and I'm like I want to look like Kim Kardashian, maybe in five years Kim Kardashian won't look like Kim Kardashian. <laughs> She's gonna change too. So am I going to get another surgery? No, I'm not because I don't have that kind of money. I'm not Kim Kardashian unless you unless you want to give me the money. But it's 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 too much work to keep chasing the beauty standards because they're always going to change. So yeah, definitely. Just <laughs> take what you have and be like, yep, this is it. This is the hand I was dealt and. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the most out of what I have you know like with the thigh gap trend I don't know if you remember but there's a point when having a thigh gap was trendy and it's like mm-hmm. all girls were trying to become to like lose weight as fast as they could to get mm-hmm. to get a thigh gap yeah. and then it's like oh now that's not trendy and they're not as worried and so it's so with me like sometimes I go to social media and just read you know like I go to certain websites and read about just how people are perceiving themselves and everything and it's like sometimes our obsession with wanting to fit into a certain body mm. stems from society has said that this is valid and everyone wants to be valid so even i think exactly. with, with, with the phobia thing maybe it's more of like a at this moment in time we have said this is not valid so this is wrong but then if like you said things can change you know it, 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 we just need one i guess one fat supermodel and everyone's like okay now that's okay yeah and then it, <laughs> like it's well, so <laughs> and then like two weeks after that they'll be the opposite again so yeah it doesn't matter the emphasis should be on like you know eat healthy um try and how live an active lifestyle exercise regularly and whatever your body does then listen if you exercise every day and you eat healthy and you're a size 16 then you're a size six like that that's just yeah. your body there's, there's yeah. nothing you can do about it and without jeopardizing your health you know so and you shouldn't be doing it because you want to look like someone else like that's the most unattainable like the the version of you is the only one you have so as much as you change it like the best you you can be is just you so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do what you gotta do with what you have but yeah that was some really heavy discussion and we need to head back to the wine discussion so (laughs) i have some wine questions for you do you have a favorite wine? No, I just go for the cheapest. Oh my god, <laughs> that's that's some economic shopping right there. Love it. But do you, okay, do you have a favorite alcohol in general? I think my ideal drink, I would say, is an old fashioned. Oh. But 
I remember there was this place in Kenya I used to get in made, so that's what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, but not, now I changed it. So now I told you, now, now I'm drinking lots of white pearl just because I kind of like the bitterness. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you have like one you'll never want to see again? Like you just absolutely hate this alcohol. Uh, I don't think my feelings for it are that strong like, mm-hmm. as what you described, but I don't particularly care for beer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why is that? Do you, is there a reason why? last time i told you the smell it's it's it smells it's, it gives me a very um urine smell but um do you like the yeah. taste of it though or you also just don't like that i've tasted it a couple of times and i never really liked it um now you can either tell me the story of your first sip or your worst sip <laughs> my first sip i think was when i was younger we would have my parents would have parties and it's so disgusting. I would like sip from a used glass of some random person. Yeah. But it, it wasn't even like drinking. I'd just be like, oh, what does this taste like? And then I remember I tasted, um, so that's probably my first sip. But then I remember I discovered Amarula and I was obsessed uh, with chocolate. Yes. So I had to, I had to take, to drink as much Amarula as I could. It was so sweet. But now I'm just like, oh. Thank you for being here for this episode of Sunday. Thank I you think- for having me. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really long episode. We've been talking for a while. <laughs> so it might end up being two episodes, but we'll see. But yeah, thanks for coming. And we hope to have you again. I think we should definitely do an episode on mental health. So that's something I'll keep in mind. Yes. Maybe like mm-hmm. in a few weeks from now. But yeah, thank you everyone for listening. And as usual, be sure to share them, share this episode with the wine lovers in your life. If you want to see more information about the bottle we were drinking and just see what the wine looks like in person, you can follow us on Instagram at Merlot and Me. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.